right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the meeting of the Knowing Minds. It is great to have you here. Uh, thank you for pulling a chair up to the table every week, making us one of the nation's best running podcasts. Uh, I think we started out, I didn't know that we were actually going to make it this far, and we have made it an incredible run right now. This is episode number 25, and we are excited to have you along with us. We are excited to have everybody here. The table is always open to every single person, no matter what the race, ethnicity, and everything else in between. We are excited to have uh, an incredible, incredible podcast lined up for you guys tonight. I know questions about that, but um, we are excited for number 25. This is 25, if you can believe it or not. We made it this far. I can't believe that we made it this far. I know we sat back uh, on some afternoons, honestly, popping the top, just sitting back, talking track and field, talking coaching, and we've made it this far. So that is something special to us. No questions about it. So um, <clears throat> without further ado, Let's get this thing rock and rolling. So if you're in the morning and you got a, a pot of coffee on, grab that. Go ahead, pour yourself a cup. If you got a in the afternoon and you feel the need, go ahead and pop a top. If it's at night and you're winding down, go ahead and pour a little something on ice. Let's get this thing rocking and rolling. Um, tonight's guest, an absolute incredible gentleman, um, and I use that word um, not even loosely. That is one of the most uh, he's one of the most incredible gentlemen I have ever met. Uh, we're going to get to him in a second. We have the associate athletic director for student athlete mentorship and the director of cross country and track and field at Birmingham Southern College, Kenneth Cox. He is on. We're going to talk to him in a second. But as always, let's get to our panelists before we get rock and rolling tonight. Um, down in the Rio Grande Valley, Mr. Darren Flowers, the, the musical genius that he is. He's got a one of his songs. He's got to remind me what it is. Just hit one of the indie pod, indie, uh, indie playlists on Spotify, man. Tell us about that, Darren. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was the one that was on the podcast last week. Oh, very nice. It must be the uh, it must be the the podcast uh, we're doing, getting it out there. You know, it's hey, we, that's what must what must be what it is. You know, we'll we'll uh, we'll hey, we'll write you a check later. Actually, ask you to write us a check later. <laughs> Team rights and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, we're, how much we're money are we not. making on this podcast again? We're, we're making pretty oh. good money, right? <laughs> we're all thinking about <laughs> coaching, right? Is that what what we're talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, oh, man. But it's good to have you here. Uh, we've got uh, the one and only um, Mr. Mr. Tom Sage sitting up there in his brand new crib. Finally. Fi well, actually, he's still got some boxes going on, man. You Have you settled in? Mostly. We have, uh, you know, a couch. We got a bed. That's kitchen. It's pretty much all you need, right? <laughs> okay. You got a roof. You can cook. I mean, there you go. Mm -hmm. Yep. And you able to watch uh, your Golden Eagles take down the Badgers last night? Or that was amazing. Yep, can't wait uh, to rub it into some of my friends uh, back home. So, you know, been doing that all week. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, uh, we are Marquette. There's no questions about that one. I didn't grow up a Badger fan. Um, I can ask when I was being recruited. So, absolutely, we are Marquette. I love it. That was a great buzzer beater. Um, we've got the gentleman who uh, is his books don't move at the same time. He's decided to take a new hobby of uh, doing Zen gardens in the uh, in the pit in the long jump down in the Gladstein Fieldhouse. Mike Herb up in Bloomington. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, I'm glad you saw that. I'm a little sore today. I'm not going to lie. That's uh, like I said, you know, you're when you're working in a nine meter by four meter pit and digging and raking and turning it over. But there's something just very, very, very pleasing when that's all done jumps coaches know what i'm talking about um so we're all set to land in some soft sand i'm a little more sore for it but it's all good so we're having a good time that's the best part right there i remember the first job and uh, scott's not on here right now but one of the first things i had to do when i went and worked for him was uh we went over to the high school and they had an overgrown long jump pit and he, he brought a tiller out and we had to till the whole thing good night 
I actually, I, I said a few choice words for <laughs> my life, <laughs> but you know, and um, up in St. Louis, we got Mr. John Bell, a gentleman who, who always has a green screen behind him. I'm waiting for the day that he decides to throw something else back behind there. I don't know what it is, but it's going to be a, you know, a blues flag, or maybe it'll be a St. Louis flag, or maybe it'll be the Billiken that he just hangs out with all the time, but maybe do something every once in a while in his house. So John, how are we doing? Doing well. Yeah, we painted this, uh, my office. Uh, probably in, I don't know, April. And I thought this was going to be a light green and boy, was I wrong. It's a very, <laughs> it's a very green. It's a, it's a deep green, but uh, now that things are good in St. Louis. It was a, you know, a nice 60, uh, 63 degrees today. So got outside and uh, yeah, enjoyed my day. It was great. That's beautiful. It started out today here at 29 degrees. And at the end of four, I'm, I don't know what's going on. And, and we bring in our incredible guest who's actually uh, the first, you know, right down the road here in Birmingham, as I said, uh, just named about what, a couple of weeks ago, the associate athletic director for student athlete mentorship, yes, sir. director of cross country and track and field, been that way since 2000. And if I'm not mistaken, 2009, 10. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. 2009. I was hired in yep. 2008 and took over in 2009. Yep. And, uh, it, Coach Cox, it is a, it's an incredible honor to have you on here. You and I have gotten to know each other over the years. Um, ever since I got to Birmingham, I think we've known each other. But at the same time, uh, there's no doubt that every single time, and I say this uh, wholeheartedly, 100%, um, every single time I bring up uh, your name to somebody, the first <laughs> their mouth are, that is that is a true gentleman right there. That is an incredible <laughs> guy right there. You, I have never heard anything bad come out. And so welcome to the podcast. I hope you can uh, help us out just a little bit. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, man. I'm excited, and I appreciate appreciate the opportunity to be here. No, it's a great opportunity to be here, uh, and I, I love having you here. No questions about that. So, but gentlemen, let's uh, let's get into something here. Um, we we've looked at it, we've talked about it. I think we weren't going to bring it up last week. We, we at least wanted to vet it a little bit more. But um, you guys all saw the the Clemson video. I would say uh, one of the student athletes put together, put out there talking about uh, Clemson student athletes being in, in the race uh, relations regarding the cutting of men's uh, men's indoor and outdoor track and field and cross country programs. Um, what, what thoughts do you guys have on that? The first thing I thought about, I read about four, I watched it four or five times and I looked and I was like, that is, that is powerful. I mean, they made some very, very loud statements, some large statements that way. What do you guys, what do you guys think on it? quiet for a second <laughs> yeah i'd love to i'd love to see the statistics of that video as far as like its reach I, i've seen it everywhere it keeps popping up on my feeds i think it's it's pretty well done as far as like the content that they've given um but i mean it's every day i see that video and i, I try to retweet it as often as possible um i think they made some incredible points like when you have an athletic department that has kind of jumped in the arms race as far as facilities to cut a program that, you know, is part of a $2 million, you know, you're only cutting half of that $2 million expense and to cut that program when you're still in this arms race for other sports, it just doesn't make sense to me. There's a pretty good history too of uh, dual sport athletes, as far as far as I know, at, at Clemson as well. You know, so that's a draw for a lot of these guys that want to, uh, you know, come in and play football and also run track. And and it's interesting to me how 
you know, more and more we see the emphasis on speed in the strength and conditioning world for, um, for football, you know, and how more and more we see the influence of track and field. Everybody, every Sunday we hear about, you know, uh, what these athletes ran for the hundred in high school, or this person was a 10, three guy in high school, this person, you know, long jump 25 feet in high school. And, and, you know, so you've got on one hand, like we use the term feeding the beast of, of, of the moneymaker in football. And on the other hand, you've got a sport that really contributes at a pretty high level to that very sport. Not that it's not, it's a, you know, a wonderful, valuable thing on its own, but it's a very integral part. And, and quite frankly, they've, they've taken quite a bit from our world in terms of what they do from day to day in football. You know, I mean, it's, it's not about, you see these strength coaches now, and I may be getting a little off topic from that video, but you see these strength coaches now, you know, used to all be about, you know, big squats and big deadlifts and, and, you know, huge bench presses. And, you know, you don't, it's not that anymore, man. It's, it's running fast. And that's true of the, the skill position as well as the big guys, you know, it's, it's, it's all about speed and power and, and and it's drawn directly from things that we've done. It's interesting to me. I'll get off my soapbox here that (laughs) we see a lot of this, these genius strength and conditioning football coaches that have this brand new thing, you know, I won't mention names, but there was a strength coach that put out this article. It's a, if you can believe it, this combination of plyometrics and explosive lifting makes people faster. And this was like regarded as like breakthrough material in the, in the strength in, in football world. And I'm like, really, I, I'm pretty sure we've been doing that for like, I don't know, since track started, you know what I mean? For a hundred years. So I don't know. And, and so when you're starting to cut those programs that are so directly influential, it's, it's, it's just a bizarre, a bizarre cut. And, uh, you know, what you're really getting out of it is not very much. I don't think at the end of the day, anyhow. I think, you know, um, what's, what's been interesting for me um, is, is to actually see the impact that these student athletes have had, not just on the sport, but it's also in the community, um, you know, for years, um, you know, I, as a, as a, um, uh, as someone who grew up around track and field, as I'm sure most of you guys have, um, you know, you've seen the coaches that have come through uh, Clemson. Uh, you've seen the assistant coaching. So that basically that, that entire coaching tree um, and those coaches that have gone on to other programs throughout the entire country uh, to impact not just the sport of track and field, but also just to be leaders, to be advocates for athletics all over the globe. Um, you know, they have a number of, of Olympic athletes that have come through. Um, Clemson. Um, and, uh, and so it's just, um, it just really, really, um, you know, it, 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 it breaks my heart um, as it has for a number of people, even people that are not in track and field, you know, and they hear about it too. Um, but it's just, um, it's a very, very unfortunate you know, situation and, and, and one that, uh, that I know, um, you know, we're all pulling for Clemson, for the alum, for the current student athletes there. Um, and, um, and, you know, and just uh, just hope that, that things turn around, um, you know, for uh, for them and for our entire sport. Yeah, no questions about that one bit. Um, and speaking on those same lines, I think a, a piece that happened, and I think everybody may have seen it, hopefully everybody did. I saw the retweets like crazy. Um, the 60 Minutes piece. And I think 60 Minutes did, they did a good job. I'm not going to, I looked into the, I mean, I looked into it a little bit, not looked into it, but as, as I watched it two or three times, actually, and I pulled a whole bunch of stuff out of there, there was, there was a lot of different avenues that 60 Minutes did not cover. 
Um, and they could have gone a hundred different ways with this, but then I saw some people retweeting saying, why don't you do this? And why don't we go down this route? Like if you forget about something with TV, you've got eight, an eight minute eight segment that you need to fill. Okay. You could have done a three hour segment. Heck, you could, hell, you could have done a 30 for 30 on Minnesota cutting sports, Clemson cutting sports, Stanford cutting sports, William and Mary, like all these teams cutting sports, but we just don't have time in the way that we do our, our, our TV. And you guys saw the 60 minute segment. I did as well. I, I Again, I thought they did a great job. The Minnesota, um, I forget his name, the gymnastics coach did an incredible job being completely open. <clears throat> I think the uh, the gymnast as well that was on there did an incredible job being, again, completely open with, with how things are going. Um, Sarah and Victoria, the two uh, wonderful, incredible women that were on that po- that uh, that show, did a great job shedding, shedding light on what was going on and the different things going against it. It seems like, though, <clears throat> and I think if you read around it, Minnesota's in a world of hurt. Gary Wilson said this a few weeks ago on the podcast. I can't remember what number it was, but he was on there a few weeks ago in a call to, uh, and he just, he said, look, they're in trouble. Everything's, there's a lot of things going wrong. Uh, Mark Coyle is, has ridden this horse down the wrong road and he was very, very blunt about it. And, and if you read a couple of the articles coming out here, I'm going to, I'm going to take a, a quick blurb out of this. Um, 22 individuals at the university of Minnesota right now are classified as an athletic director. 22. Okay. I believe with us, we've got like 10 or 11, something like that, but there's 22, us being UAB, there's 22 at Minnesota, which are making over 60,000 a year, $24 million. 60 is that baseline when they started making furloughs and cuts and that stuff. That's how this article came out. Uh, We appreciate Jason Stahl and uh, the case against Mark Coyle. His article will tag it to make sure it isn't there. But when football spends $40 million last year, $40 million, how do you expect to stay afloat? There's no questions about this. And then if I'm not mistaken on Thursday this week or in a couple of days from when we do this podcast, actually tomorrow morning, um, he's going to be on the Mark's going to be Mark Coyle is going to be on the, in front of the board of directors. So the people who control the university of Minnesota asking for a below everything, if you read below everything, or excuse me, below, if you read between the lines in the articles, you find out that he's going to be asking for a $70 million bailout. Okay. So he's asking the school who gave him money to bail him out the seventy million dollars. I'm, I'm, I'm baffled, and he's been taking a lot of heat for all this kind of stuff, and especially. So, what do you guys think? What do you think of the piece? What do you think of this whole thing? Well, I think that's just a part of the underlying trend in college athletics. I mean, you know, it's been a facilities war and a facilities race for so long that. You know, I, I think, you know, something like COVID hits and it exposes the vulnerability of a ton of athletic programs because they're over leveraged. You know, they've got debt services on these all these facilities and their operations are so expensive already. And, you know, I think I think it just shows that most athletic programs are running. Um, I, I don't say in a deficit, but I, I mean, there, how many you, how many programs are out there making a lot of money? Really? I don't know. I couldn't tell you that one. I was just I could I could speak for us and 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 it's being in the Big Ten with Minnesota. It's it's difficult to imagine a scenario where certainly COVID has emphasized or, or you know accelerated this process. But it sounds like they were going down a bad path to begin with. You know we we were pulling in, I think the latest numbers from the Big Ten. You know we're splitting and bringing home fifty million dollars of, of of Big Ten money every year. You know so. 
and that's whether you're, you know, that's, that's with IU footballs bringing in the same as Ohio state and Penn state and Michigan, you know, like that, that money's coming in. We're fortunate to be in the black and actually pay for some on campus, uh, um, you know, upgrades and, and projects and things like that. Um, but it's hard to imagine where you can get yourself in that big a hole when you've got $50 million cash coming in from the big 10 every single year, like just right off the top, you know, you don't have to make a dime or you don't do anything and you've got that money coming. And so it's, it's pretty incredible to see, you know, how badly something needs to be mismanaged to get yourself in that big of a hole when you've got that much of a head start. I think so. So the other part of this is, does this bring it all to balance? You know, this exposure, although there are going to be some hard times and, you know, people requesting bailouts, does this bring it to balance? Good question. That's a great question. I can't, I can, I think it'd be four or five years before we even get close to that. I don't know. It's but I, I think, I think you're seeing, a, I think you're going to see a huge shift in the way uh, college athletics looks in the last, or in the next five years and uh, 10 years. I mean, we've had guests on in the last five, six episodes, even allude to it. Like they can't even predict what college athletics is going to look like in that span of time. Darren, I agree with you, but I, I don't think this is going to balance the, the situation at all. I think the, the, the money that can be made uh, through TV contracts and um, donations and viewership and season ticket sales and, and everything with football, I, the, the horses uh, left the barn, so to speak. Like you, you're not getting it back. You're not getting that horse back in the barn. Uh, and the same thing with men's basketball. Uh, you're just not, I don't think they're going to bounce, you know, I, I, the horse is out of the barn. I think though, Ultimately, yes, there will be change to intercollegiate athletics. There has to be, um, you know, it, but it's going to be, uh, you know, I think it, at the end of the day, men's basketball and football are going to be excluded from those changes. Uh, now you're going to have to figure out some title nine issues uh, and understandably so, but uh, you know, again, we, we've said it for a couple of weeks now, you have two professional sports in, in, in these big athletic departments and a handful of amateur sports with everything else. And, and realistically, you cannot run both. You can't run a professional organization and an amateur you know, organization, you know, side by side. They just don't, they don't work. Um, you know, I think, you know, just to get back on the 60 minutes piece, I think, again, they did some really good things. And I think you probably will see some 30 for 30s at some point come out, uh, you know, here in the near future, uh, probably within the next, you know, couple of years, uh, kind of documenting, you know, kind of what happened in 2020. Um, you know, they, they really didn't talk too terribly much about track and field, obviously, in, in the piece, but I think it was good. Uh, you know, I think, um, you know, there, there's one segment of, of, of that segment uh, where they talked about, uh, and I forget that it was the woman who ran for the university of Iowa who works with the USOC. Uh -huh. um, you know, where, where are these, you know, you start cutting these big programs, where big are, where are our Olympic medals going to come from, uh, you know, in, in future Olympiads. Um, now, again, I think 40, 50, 60 years ago, the Olympic games uh, and the medal count were, you know, when there was a rivalry with the, with the Eastern Bloc, I think that was a really big deal. Uh, today, I'm not so sure anymore. Um, you know, I, again, as, as a track coach, I, it's a big deal to me. Uh, and I think in our community, in the track community, it's a big deal. Uh, but, you know, is there, where, where's the, U, the USOC on, 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 on this? You know, where's USA track and field? Where's USA swimming? Where's USA gymnastics? 
Uh, where are these governing bodies um, that, that, you know, benefit so greatly from, from what we do at the collegiate level? Um, you know, they're nowhere to be seen. And, and, you know, at least I haven't seen it. I haven't seen their influence. Um, so, you know, I think that was an interesting point that she brought up. Um, you know, and one real thing, real quick touch up on the Clemson video. No, you know, to kind of to, to, to kind of Tom's point about the reach, just to, I, I saw this yesterday and I thought it was interesting. Terrell Owens, the, the former, former wide receiver for uh, the 49ers and the Eagles tweeted that video out. So uh, he, he's got some, he's got some reach on Twitter. So again, uh, that video is popping up everywhere. Uh, and so when Terrell Owens, uh, who has, I mean, I don't think he has anything to do with Clemson track and field at all. Uh, tweets it and is is on board with that message. Uh, clearly, that message is getting out. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, sometimes I, think, I wonder too when you talk about opportunities for you know underrepresented populations um, when it comes to sport and collegiate sport, especially. It would be interesting if we could have a stat or a number that showed, like based on the different teams, how many of those athletes that are within that program are only in college due to the fact that they had the opportunity through athletics, right? Mm -hmm. And how does that look from one sport to another? You know, are those tennis players or those volleyball players are those swimmers? Are they going to go to school anyway, regardless? Yeah. Do they have the, the, uh, the opportunities and the, the means to, to be able to do that? Whereas in track and field, I think it's unique in that we have, a significant portion of student athletes who, if it weren't for that, wouldn't be in college and would be in some really bad situations. And, and, and some of the stuff I'm most proud of, and I'm sure we've all had these experiences with athletes, um, are the ones that, you know, maybe they were superstar athletes and maybe they weren't, but they had this opportunity. They were able to get an education. And if it weren't for that, it would be a real, the, the cost, when we start talking about costs, right? We can make them in monetary and uh, dollars and cents and all that sort of thing. But just the cost to society, the cost to a family or the cost to a, a, a community, right? True. True. For them not having had that opportunity, not getting that education. You know, we've all had kids that maybe barely got into school based on their high school, um, you know, uh, academics that end up being wonderful athletes and wonderful people and if it weren't for that who knows what would have happened you know and i just wonder what that looks like from one sport to the next so you know when you go to make these pleas and these you know and and and, and i understand the the racial component of it for certain but like you know let's let's look at what types of opportunities are we providing versus other sports when it comes to start to cut these things at a at a pretty reasonable cost you know what i mean when it comes to certain sports some are much much more um, you know, cost and uh, prohibitive than others. And I just don't see track and field and cross country certainly as being those type of sports compared to some other things. And, and just the opportunities and the, the type of, you know, um, uh, changes in lives we're able to make. I, I just be curious what that looks like versus other, other types of uh, athletic programs. I would, I, I think that's the amazing part right there is, I think it also goes division by division too, which will actually get into a second, uh, a little bit here. Uh, in a couple minutes with uh, Coach Cox, but I think you're right. The opportunities are there. What do we do with it? Um, I don't know. I, I'm thinking about it right now, kind of running, running the numbers through my head and my team, and I couldn't tell you how many are here for athletics and how many were here just for, you know, I'd have to ask those questions. I think there's some kids that would be like, yeah, they're absolutely here for athletics, and be like, no, actually, they're here for the academics. And I, I would see flipped on that. 
That would be a good statistic to actually know and to actually look up. No questions about that. And, and I'm talking about kids that actually wouldn't have had the opportunity. So they may have oh, been yes. here for the academic piece, right? But they wouldn't mm-hmm. be here if it weren't for their athletic ability. You get what I'm right. saying? So like, yeah, no, my you mistake know, it, it, it's, yeah, they could be here and be all in. I'm not saying these aren't students by any stretch of the imagination. What I'm saying is they would have been nothing. And now because of athletics, they are great students. You know what I mean? And, and that opportunity allows them, um, you know, the, the access to something that they wouldn't have ordinarily had access to. Mm-hmm. Coach Cox, what do you what do you guys see with that at the D three level? I mean, we are three we're a bunch of coaches at D one. We don't see that much at D three. What do you see? Yeah, um, <clears throat> so it's interesting. I, I think that that um, you know we've had conversations about this, um, you know, talking about the opportunities that this our sport in general um, affords you know students to uh, get a great education, um, but then also too to um, you know pursue something that they love. Um, you know, we we we. We all have athletes on our team that maybe come from smaller schools um, or larger schools that have coaches that are specific to their events uh, and some that are just as mentors. Um, but for for the coach, for the athletes that we see, um, you know, a lot of them have a desire to uh, to get an education um, and and been at a school like like Birmingham Southern or any Division three school. Um, it kind of it kind of seals the deal for them. You know, they're not really they're not ready to to uh, to let go of their, you know, uh, of their career. Um, but then they also, you know, they want a little bit. Of, they want to be able to do um, want to be able to do more, you know, academically when they're in school. So for a lot of a lot of the kids that we see, you know, they want to be involved in SGA. Uh, they want to be able to, um, you know, uh, pursue, you know, another hobby. Um, and and so so for us. You know, those are kind of those well-rounded kids that we uh, um, that, that we appreciate and that we can have on our team. Um, and, and I know that you don't necessarily have to be Division three to have that kind of experience. Um, but those are the types of kids that we see more often um, is, is that, you know, a large percentage of our athletes um, that, are, that are part of our program uh, may fit that, that mode more so than, um, than not, you know, so. No, that makes sense. It, it gets, go ahead. I was yeah. just—I was just—I was going to probably end up switching gears here a little bit, but I was just curious, uh, Kenneth. Was it always your intention to um, work to the administrative side of things um, as a coach, or like maybe just a little background on how you got to where you are, and you know, because yeah. I don't know if you set out to that or what happened. Yeah, no, um, no I appreciate you asking that. Um, so you know, I, um, you know. The way that I, I looked at my career um, really was um, um, kind of a, from a holistic standpoint. You know, I ran, started running track when I was eight years old, um, had some amazing mentors that, um, that happened to be coaches of mine um, in all sports, but particularly within, uh, within track and field. My parents were involved uh, and, you know, still are. They're, um, you know, they're, uh, officials. Uh, they, they officiate ACC meets, SEC meets. Um, you know, Olympics. So, I mean, they, 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 they've been around uh, the sport of track and field for a number of, you know, for all of my life, um, you know, but, but, you know, I've always just appreciated doing, trying to do things the right way. Uh, what I mean by that is, you know, having to meet um, to give all athletes an opportunity to, uh, to be able to compete irrespective of what division or what size uh, school that they came from. Um, 
you know, the opportunity to, uh, to, to coach here at Birmingham Southern, you know, came from our former, uh, former coach, our former head coach, who I met um, at a USATF, um, you know, uh, a training when I was, uh, when I was coaching in Atlanta. Um, and so, you know, I think not so much to set out uh, from the be from an administrative standpoint, but I wanted to be a part of the, uh, the solution and not the problem. Um, and, uh, and so in doing that, my 13 years here in Birmingham Southern um, has been just really a, a, a faith walk and opportunity for me to grow. Um, I think if I set out when I, when I graduated out of college, if I set out to be a college coach, um, I, I do not believe that I would still be a coach today. Uh, I think the opportunity for me to get into, um, you know, I worked for Nokia for six years after I graduated out of college. Um, and that gave me an opportunity to really step away from the sport of track and field, but really focus on, you know, the professional things that I need to do. I need to grow, um, being in front of people, um, talking with confidence, um, being able to, you know, sell a product or, or really kind of learn a product and then teach other people. Um, and so those are the type of things that, that help kind of sharpen, sharpen my skills uh, so that, you know, when I, uh, when I started coaching um, and I really kind of, you know, it's kind of like the further I got away from track and field, the more I appreciated the, the, uh, the nuances of the sport. Um, and so when I had an opportunity to get back into it um, and follow my passion and, and the things that I, I really enjoyed, then I became to put all these pieces together. Um, you know, how to, how to manage a budget, um, how to take care of, um, you know, a, a group or, or, or a coaching staff. Um, I always say that I, I can't speak for everybody. I'm a better coach because I am a husband first. I'm a father second. Uh, well, the first one is a man of God and then a husband and, and, a, and then a father. Um, but because I have all those things in order, um, and I try to do to the best I can with, with that order, um, then that makes me, that, that helps allow me to have the compassion that I need uh, for my student athletes, uh, for me to look at things from the perspective of, of not just what we're doing in our silo as track and field coaches and cross country coaches, but also how is this impacting, how can this impact our entire athletic department? Um, and so I think just over time, just putting all those things together, um, and, uh, and, 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 you know, there's that saying, you know, I'm more than an athlete and we all were athletes and we, we were more than athletes. Um, and I, I feel like, you know, at this stage of my life, I'm more than a coach, you know, um, because the, the, the things that I do, decisions that we make, um, that I have to make, um, they, they, they do impact, they do impact our tour, entire athletic department and our college. Um, one thing I'll say about this and, 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 uh, and then, because I don't want to obviously take over, but I, I believe that, <laughs> no, that keep going. this is good. I believe that the opportunity for us to um, to host well, two things: opportunity to host the national championship uh, was pivotal for me in my career, um, and then also getting involved in um, in US TFCCCA um, because it was unpopular at the time. Um, I'll say for one, you know, hosting the national championship. Um, for us, Division Three, um, you know, all the most of the schools that are hosting national championships uh, throughout the nation, Division Three, all in the Midwest, um, you know, so a lot of schools, and so, so that's all you see, you know. I mean, you, you're flying around, 
And our very first national championship that uh, that we uh, that we qualified for was our first year eligible uh, for di- for Division Three, and that was in 2012. I remember walking into um, uh, uh, into that uh, that awards banquet uh, with three athletes that I had. Uh, 200, 800, two 800 meter runners, uh, and a uh, and a and a 55 meter hurdler, uh, and, and she also ran the open 55. Um, and um, and 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 we walked into the walked there, and not a single team knew who we were. You know, they were like, "What is B? What is BSC?" Um, and and it was it was powerful because it, you know it wasn't about the color of my skin or anything like that. What it was was about like you know. Um, it was about like people didn't know who Birmingham Southern like where are you guys from we've never seen you before and that at that moment it was an opportunity for us to really really be to, to put Birmingham Southern on the map um, because it wasn't it wouldn't have been what I said it would have been how we responded how we act uh, how we competed and then from that from that year on in 2012 you know uh, by God's grace you know you know with the exception of COVID you know, we've gone to indoor nationals and outdoor nationals ever since 2012, indoor and outdoor. Um, but like, but every year it's been about, it's been about representing the college because if this was the only, it was like my, my parents told me, man, you only have one shot to make a first impression. And if this is the representation that people from Iowa or in Nebraska or in Colorado or wherever, if this is going to be the opportunity, for them just to know who you are, you know, it wasn't the, you know, it, it wasn't the swim team, it wasn't the basketball team, and they they're all great programs, but this was the shot that we had, and we got to take advantage of that. Um, and so we did, you know, I mean, we we, we came back with a, um, a national, our first national champion, um, and uh, two All Americans finished the third, finished third and fifth. Um, so that was a great, that was you know icing on the cake. But I say that because that's when I started looking at it from the perspective of, yes, representing track and field, but I'm also representing Birmingham Southern, I'm representing athletic pro- program. I'm representing the South. Um, and, and so we started looking at opportunities to host national championships. It comes to Crossplex. Um, and then we have an opportunity to bring everybody from all over the nation to yep. Birmingham, you know, for them to, to be able to see what we have to offer. Again, another opportunity. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, that was, that was a great, great opportunity for us to showcase the city, to, to showcase the college, the, uh, the, uh, the community. Um, and like I said before, so I start, I had to start looking at things from a holistic perspective. We couldn't just be about track and field. Um, and, uh, and so I think that for me, that has really been, that, that's how, that's how I began to, to really kind of start growing. Um, and, and, and then, you know, I am a, uh, I'm a man of faith, you know, and so, so for me, I started asking, I started asking, you know, God, like, you know, what are you trying to, what are you trying to show me? You know, what are you, what are you exposing me to? Um, you know, I talked about, you know, meeting you guys at the, uh, at, a, at the convention, yep. you know, every year. Um, and when I started going to the convention, yep. same thing, people didn't know who Birmingham Southern was. Uh, people maybe still don't, you know, what does that be? What is that BSC? Um, you know, but but having opportunities to speak, to talk to and, and, and build relationships with guys like you, um, like you guys, um, you know, that that's that's how you, you know, that's how you get to um, that's how you grow. 
uh, getting involved in, in um, you know, in the in, in being a been a regional rep. Um, you know, all my buddies or, or people that people that that didn't have my best interests at heart would talk about, man, don't waste your time with those meetings. Um, man, you know, 2008 was my first my first national convention that we went to. Um, and um, and I was just walking around, man, just kind of clueless. Um, you know, and now, uh, man, you know, years later, 13 years later, you know, I'm, <laughs> vice, I'm vice president of track and field for, for U.S. track and field. And it's not about, for me, it's not about the title as it is again. You know, I can do one or two things, man. I can be, I can be a part of the problem. Or I can be a part of the solution. You know, I can, I, I can, I can have those conversations and try to grow and see how, what, what, what can we as, as division, division one, division two, and division three, how can we help our sport move forward? Uh, as opposed to being in our own, you know, we just division three, we just division two, we just division one. Um, because we all came from an experience um, that uh, they could have been a lot better, irrespective of what schools um, that we, that we, uh, that we came from. Uh, and so anyway, um, I just try to take all of that. You know, I, I try to take all of that, all those experiences, all the relationships, um, you know, meeting guys, man, like like Matt, um, you know, and, and and all you guys. I just try to take all of that. Um, you know, I've got some just amazing, amazing mentors and guys and and, 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 and females that have, that have helped shape me uh, because of they knew who I they knew me for the person that I was before before all of this. You know, when I, I was just, you know. I was in college or when I was just coming out, just saying, Hey man, like, I just want to coach, you know? And, and although I don't know anybody in Birmingham um, and I'm not from Birmingham, I'm from North Carolina, but you know, this is where God has for me. And I know irrespective of all the questions and all the, you know, why you coaching in division three um, that it wasn't about, it wasn't about, you know, the actual, it wasn't about just that, the name or the letters or whatever. It was, it's about the journey. You know, and it's also about just having, you know, faith, man, and confidence that that um that if you if you do the right things, uh, if you follow the path that's laid out for you, man, you know, God has some amazing things in store for you. And uh, and so, you know, getting the call from my 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 boss about um, you know being associate AD, um, it was it was very very humbling and uh, something that I I certainly would take take for granted. Um, and I'm just ready to you know, ready to continue to help, you know, help grow the sport, um, but also too, and just to be able to make a difference. So you mentioned something there and I'm, I'm, I don't normally at we, we find it a place to interrupt, but there's no, no reason to. I Sorry, think, man. <laughs> I was ready. <laughs> no, I mean, I got droning so much. I stopped taking notes because I was like, <laughs> incredible. Like yeah. the administration, and I only follow your AD on Instagram, so hopefully she'll be able to listen to that a little bit. But you can 100% hear the whole reason why you would be promoted to the, to the position you are. Just because you, you have for not just track and field, let's throw that out the window, but you love who you have for the school, for the city of Birmingham, for the student athletes that you work with, for God. Like you sit there and go, what do you want in a leader? Boom. I, I know I'm not an AD, nor am I a head coach of a program, but I'm like, it's beautiful, man. I got to tell you that right there. Appreciate it, man. Absolutely. I think a, I think a lot of young coaches can really – I think if, if they listen and take what you said to heart, I think it's really important because I think a lot of young coaches get into the sport for the title and yeah. the the rep 
and the notoriety, but I think you soon find out that that's not what it's about. Yeah, man. And I think you're really speaking to the heart of a lot of the reason why we do what we do. Heck, why we do this Absolutely. podcast. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it's, it's bigger, right? It's, it's a bigger yep. purpose. It's a higher purpose. And I think a lot of young coaches, if they can come in with the mindset that that's what it's about, I think they're going to, yeah. I think they're going to have a lot more success. Look, man, you know, we've all done this. Uh, maybe, maybe we were, in t- un- we were, we did it unintentionally, but you know, you go to the convention, um, yep. you know, just take five or 10 minutes, man, just sit down in the lobby and just watch people, you know, like just watch them go, watch them go, watch them go. Um, I have, I've had so many people, man, that like every year, and you guys know this, man, every year yep. they're wearing a different color. They're going to a different school, you know, and you're like, wow, man, that's pretty impressive, man. You're on the West Coast. Well, that's cool. You're on the East Coast. Man, that's cool. you up North. You know what I mean? But like, I mean, are you growing? Yep. You know, how, how many how many athletes have you coached for more than one season or maybe two seasons? Or, you know, is it really the school or is it you? Like all those types of things. And I mean, and like, and just chasing it, you know? Um, yeah. I, I, is, it, is it about you or is it about the purpose? Is it yeah, about you exactly. or the higher purpose? Exactly, yep. man. You know, um, and um, and I, I just, it, it, it's, it's, uh, to be honest, I mean, I, it's, it's sad. You know, we, we've all been young. We've all been young coaches, man, just out there just chasing. Man, I got to meet this coach. If I get him my resume, if I let him know I had, I've had this amount of, you know, success, you know. But listen, like, you have to find – so you have to find the coach and you have to tell him or remind him about how good you are as opposed to just doing your job and they'll see the fruit – of your labor, you know what I mean? Like, yep, no, 100%. Um, I, you know, yeah, so that, that's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. No, there were two things there that were great. Number one was what you just said. I mean, the best way to get that next job, if that's what your goal is, is to be really, really good at what you do right now. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So, and I've been guilty of that. You know, I, I was a D3 coach to get started. And, you know, I honestly, way back when, I was just looking past that. You know what I mean? It was like, how am I going to get to this next? That was my mindset at the time. Yeah. And I had a good friend of mine once say something that always stuck with me. He's like, what's wrong with being really good at what you do? You know, yeah, like there's yeah. all these guys that are just trying to, that are just working for the next thing. And, and I'm mm-hmm. not saying that, like, I don't do that sometimes, you know, yeah, and we all I'm, I'm, that. we're all guilty we'll of do, that. Yeah. But like, you know, he's like, what's, you know, you don't see anybody like you mentioned at places for long periods of time. And he's like, what, what's the matter with just being really good at where you're at? You know what I mean? Like folks on yeah. what you're doing and, and, and yeah. get good and and like you said now all of a sudden you're a member of the community you're helping out you know not just you know with the track team but with the department and with the city and with the you know national exposure with the championship meets and things like that and you become a fixture of more than just the um you know world of athletics which is man gotta be way more fulfilling right like just in terms of selfishly it's it's a much more fulfilling meaningful uh result that's awesome well thanks man Coach, what uh, what challenges have you guys faced at Birmingham Southern? Um, <clears throat> I would say the biggest uh, biggest challenge we faced really was making the transition from Division One to Division Three. Um, you know, I started in two thousand eight, um, and when I started, we were we were already going through that transition. So, um, you know, prior to us Division Three, um, Birmingham Southern was in the Big South, one of the uh, one of the smallest division. Uh, one schools in the nation. 
Um, and so we were competing with, um, I said we did college cause I wasn't there. Um, but, um, but you know, schools, uh, like Radford, um, you know, uh, VMI, uh, you know, UNC Asheville. Um, so those were, you know, I mean, quality schools and quality, you know, conference and everything, but, um, but we had a, um, one of our previous presidents that made a decision for us to go, uh, from division one, division three, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of tradition uh, within our, our athletic department, um, you know, baseball team that won national championships over the years for NAIA and, and, uh, and the Mason runs division one, um, basketball, uh, baseball, basketball, soccer teams. Um, we had cross country, but we only had, we didn't have track and field at the time, but we had a uh, cross country and tennis. So, I mean, all this, all the programs were doing well. Um, but, but, you know, our, that president made a decision to, uh, to go division, division three. Uh, it was not popular. Um, you know, it, it was a lot of division, not just within, you know, the school, but, you know, the city. Um, because, you know, you think about all the alums that have come through, um, the, uh, the people that are investing a lot of money and resources uh, into, into our athletic department. And so, um, and so to, to, to come in, not being from Birmingham, but, but to go through this transition uh, was tough. You know, I mean, I, it was almost, I mean, it was like, it's like going through COVID now, you know what I mean? Like, you just don't have all the answers. You just kind of like, I don't know, you know, what are we, what are we going to do? Um, and, uh, and so, so that was, that was a huge challenge, challenge for our college, but, but also for me, because, um, you know, you get a lot of questions. So, you know, you guys, you were division one, but now you're division three. So what conference are you guys going to be in? Like, are you eligible for postseason? Um, and we had to go through that from, from during my time. We had to go through that for the first four years that I was here at BSC. Um, wow. And so, you know, it was, um, it, it was definitely a test. You know, it was definitely a test because, you know, you had to see the light in the tunnel, you know, like at four years, three years, two years, that's a recruiting class. You know, those are a number of recruiting classes that you had to go through uh, in order to get the quality of athletes that just wanted to enjoy, you know, being an athlete, a college athlete. Uh, and so, so that was a challenge. Um, and I, you know, how I got through that, how we got through it, really just bringing it together, you know, just kind of checking it off, man. Like in four years, it's kind of like, you know, preparing for graduation. You don't know what's going to go on between your freshman year and your senior year. But you also know that if you make the right decisions, you know, yes, the freshman this year won't ever compete for a conference championship, but, but, but the freshman next year will. And then freshman to sophomores, the two year, you know, and so you just prepare for that. Um, and that was, that was a good opportunity for me because trust me, at a convention and having conversations and tech, you know, and, and, and networking uh, with coaches, you know, like that had done it before, you know, I had built a program in the seventies or eighties and, um, you know, and, and, and the, the coach Williams is in St. Aug and, and, uh, yep. you know, oh, yeah. and, and coach credit, you know, God bless his soul. Um, you know, was passed away, but like, you know, leaning on coaches like that, coach Fry, these are all coaches that, 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 that were, that are mentors of mine that, that, um, that, that I really, really, you know, value and appreciate and respect and the other ones too. But like those are the ones you're having those conversations with, um, and uh, and so it was, it was challenging. Um, it's something that I, you know, that uh, that I, I'm glad we went through it because we made it through. Um, but but it was uh, but it was tough. It really was. 
Um, and so that was that was one of one of the biggest challenges that that we've uh, that we faced um, during my time here. Um, and uh, and I would say another one, which we all we all kind of deal with, and that's just recruiting. You know, <laughs> um, yeah, recruiting in an area where you're not. You know, I wasn't from here, uh, and so every single day it was, you know, it was that speech. You know, Birmingham Southern, and yes, we have track. I didn't know y'all had track. Yes, we had track and field back in the day. You got, you know, you got to, uh, um, you know, say that over and over and over again. And even sometimes in the, in our city, you know, because because of what people uh, heard about with us going from Division One to Division Three, uh, we're one of the uh, we're one of uh, you know two Division Three schools in the state of Alabama. Um, so you have all these challenges um, that that you're facing. Um, but but again, you just kind of go back to go back to the foundation, go back to your core, you know, who are we, um, you know, at our core, what are we, you know, what, what's the opportunities that we have available at, at our institution? What kind of athletes are we looking for? You know? Um, and, and so, you know, but outside of that, and I believe we can all say that outside of that, when we, when we drift out of what we are um, and try to become something that we're not, um, then it's not authentic. You know, it doesn't come across that way. And so you start, and that's how you start trying to build a, uh, build a program and build a culture. You know, you want kids that want to work, work towards something. And, um, and, you know, 12 years, 13 years later, um, you know, you have a program that you're proud of, um, but then you go through something like COVID, um, which we're all going through. And then you really see, you really see the test. You see, you see how important the program was to your athletes and to your administrators and to your, um, to your alumni when, when they check up on you, you yep. know, and, uh, and they say, Hey coach, you know, man, you know, I, 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 I hope you guys get a chance to have a season, you know, like they're off in grad school and starting families and all that stuff. And you think like, well, why, you know, nobody cares. And they, and they put themselves back in that, you know, like at least, at least when, 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 you know, at least when they were in school or these kids are in school, they get a chance to compete for, you know, a conference championship. The athletes that I had my first couple of years, you know, like they didn't get a chance to do it. And it wasn't because of COVID, you know, it was because we made a transition. And so you start seeing all those things kind of coming together. And, um, and it, um, it definitely helps, you know, it helps uh, help you, you know, kind of get through, you know, the challenges and, uh, and, and some of the frustrations that you have to deal with. So speaking of some of the challenges, and we've asked uh, this question or this type of question to a lot of the other coaches, uh, men or into to the females especially. Um, but what what challenges of black have you have you faced, uh, maybe in Birmingham or just in the coaching world itself? Because again, you listen to it, you've done an incredible job, no questions about that. You're definitely aware of everything going on, and there's, there's things that honestly, I, I'm a white male, I'm not going to deal with the same stuff you are. But what stuff have you dealt with? What issues have you dealt with? Yeah. Um... Man, I, I would say, I would say, um, you know, the reality that that um, that although, yeah, although I, you know, again, I'm very, very grateful, man. That I've got a great education. Um, yeah. That I've got a, a support. Um, I got, you know, amazing family. <clears throat> you know, all those types of things, man. But like the fact that I go through, I fear for my life as well. You know, um, coach father, husband, 
employee at, at Birmingham Southern. Um, you know, I, I, I do what I love to do you know, as a profession um, that I'm fearful for my life as well. You know, um, that I have days where, you know, um, that my kids are scared whether or not, you know, dad's going to come home and I'm just going to the store, you know, um, to, uh, you know, to, uh, to buy food for my, for my, you know, for my family, um, that, um, that I go through those things, you know, that, that, that I might've just gone through something and then I'm showing up at practice and now I've got to be, I've got to be, uh, you know, positive and I have to be, I'm encouraging for, for my student athletes, um, so I think that's that's the biggest challenge, you know, for me, um, is that is that um, you know um, having to go through that. Um, you know, I, I had an episode, I had a situation, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, where you know I got stopped, man, for the tent on my car. Now I didn't have like limo tent, you know, and it wasn't like all blacked out where you couldn't see. Yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, I got stopped, um, and I'll be honest, I had just dropped my chip, my uh, our kids off um, at a summer camp. You know, well, the area, I mean, it wasn't like nighttime, it was in the, during the day. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I'm always, I feel like I'm one of the few people that, that use my signal lights anyway uh, and actually <laughs> stop at stop signs. And I did that. Yeah. Made a right. <clears throat> All of a sudden, I saw a police car, you know, uh, behind me pulling me over. I'm thinking to myself, man, like, what did I do? Or maybe, maybe he just wants me to get out of the way, pull me over, you know, and, um, and uh, you know, and and, and uh, asked me for my license and registration. I said, yeah, "Yes, sir." You know, um, I was ten and two. You know what I mean? Like I following the rules um, as I was as I was taught. And um, you know, he stopped me because of the ten on my car. Now, mind you, you know, our son is nine. Um, it's happened last year, so he was eight. Yep. I, we bought that truck, that SUV, like two months before he was born. I've been driving the same truck for eight years in the same area and all that stuff, you know? Um, and, you know, I, I work in a college, I'm mm -hmm. working in the city. So yeah. I've gone off, I've been, I've gone on campus, campus police, campus, you know, in the area, going yep. to Crossplex, all that stuff for years. Not a single person said anything to me about my tent. And uh, he said, you know, um, you know, your tent. And I was like, well, what about my tent? Uh, you know, he says it's too dark. Okay, you know what I mean. But like, but having gone through that, um, you know, was was again, you don't know. Like, I, I mean, so you hear stories about about all those things, man, and, and you just you try to think the worst. Um, but but you know, we've we've all heard stories that's gone way bad, and and that that's just one story. I mean, that's just one example, one experience that I've had. Um, but yeah, that's the that's that's been the biggest thing really for me for me. Um, is having to live, live with, and live through that. You know, I mean, our, our home has been vandalized. Um, you know, like those types of things. I mean, it's just, it's, uh, you know, I mean, it, 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 uh, it hurts because now I've got to explain that, you know, to my 13 year old daughter, mm -hmm. my nine year old son, and our six year old daughter, um, and they don't understand. You know, I mean, daddy, you know, like I have my my, my son which we were going through all this a couple of months ago, the toughest thing, man, I'm telling you for real, man, like it just yeah, like ripped my, ripped, ripped, ripped my heart out, man. And my dad, and my, uh, my my son, my son said, he said, but daddy, like, you know, like, you know, they know me, like, it's just, it's just Evan, right? I said, son, you know, 
I wish that was the case, you know, I, but I'm nice. Like, you know, I mean, everybody at school knows me. Like, you know, I, when I get older, you know, people remember who I am. Like, son, it, it, it unfortunately, buddy, like it, it doesn't, that does not matter. You know, it doesn't. And, uh, and that's, and it's tough. You know, that's a tough thing for you to have to say, like, I had to have this conversation with my nine-year-old son. You know, I mean, he's nine. He should be, he should be worrying about, you know, fidget spinners and, 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 and <laughs> hoverboards and all those types of things. You know yep. what I'm saying? Like, he shouldn't be worrying about, he shouldn't be worrying about whether or not I'm going to get shot or like, mm-hmm. or whether or not, you know, at what point will he not be cute and not a non-threat? You know what I mean? Like, uh, so, or, or even my our daughters. I mean, so, but like, that's, that's, that's the thing. I mean, um, that's, that's been the biggest challenge for me. Um, and, uh, and I will, I would, and sadly to say, man, it's uh, it's a reality that so many of, of uh, you know, of, um, of African-American men, but also just, just minorities in general, man, have to face, uh, and women, um, have to deal with every single day, you know, of our lives, <clears throat> irrespective of where you're from or your pedigree or your degree and all, all those things, man, so. Coach, I'm curious, you know, um, after the, you know, George Floyd was murdered, you know, this summer, you know, I think a lot of, you know, at least a lot of head coaches probably had these conversations with their teams about kind of social, you know, social justice and, and mm-hmm. you know, how we can get involved and how we get kids involved. And, you know, obviously the perspective of a white male is, is very, very different than, than your perspective. Um, so what were those conversations, like how, how did those conversations go with you to your team and, 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 you know, specifically to your, your, your black athletes and as, yeah. as well as with your white athletes who, who maybe intellectually understand, but, but don't, you know, they don't, they don't know, right. Because yeah. they don't, they, they haven't lived that experience. So yeah. I'm just curious, how, how did those conversations go for you? Um, I, so I really, you know, I, I, I encourage transparency, um, you know, um, just, just, you know, hear me, you know, get, provide me or provide, you know, provide us an opportunity. Uh, anyone who's been feeling marginalized, you know, um, have been, have been filled, who have experienced racism, um, directly, indirectly, like we just want, you know, want to be heard first and foremost, you know, um, everybody has, has, uh, has, has a different experience. And we just want people to listen first, you know, like, like, you know, I, you, I know how you feel. I, I, like, you don't, you know what I mean? Like you, you just don't, um, you don't know how people feel, um, you know, and, 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 and for me, what I wanted to really encourage and still do encourage our athletes is, 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 is to, is to have compassion, um, you know, this is something that it didn't start. It didn't start. You know, this summer. Um, it didn't start. You know, last year. <clears throat> it's something that's been going on for far too long. Um, I believe that. You know, I, I try to look at the positive side of things. I, I believe that that what COVID did do is it allowed for us to be still in a and 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 be in a position where we were faced with the truth. When I say we, I mean the world was faced with the truth um, that these things still do happen. And we were, we, you know, we were, we were um, sheltering in place. And then we had to see this, oh my gosh, like this is actually happening, you know, or this still does happen. 
Um, and, um, and so, you know, like that, that, that's, that's really what, that's really what I wanted, wanted our athletes, um, you know, uh, of all races and all, you know, um, um, uh, backgrounds. That's what I wanted, wanted, wanted everybody to do. Just talk, man. Let's have a conversation, you know, like, how do you feel, you know, um, uh, um, you know, how, how, how can I be, how can I support you? You know, um, and, and, and some of the tough questions, man, is like, have I ever, have I ever offended you? You know, like, yeah. you know, just call it what it is, man. Like, have you, like, have you not? Um, people may or may not know. Um, and so, but having those conversations, man, have like, has really, really helped. And then, um, you know, even, even for us, <clears throat> you know, like not trying to understand that we don't have to be perfect. We don't have to have all the answers. Um, that we can be vulnerable um, as 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 athletes, as men, um, just and as human beings, man. Like, just have some compassion, you know. Like, I it, it is um, some way we're gonna get through this. Only way we'll get through this first and foremost is to hear somebody, and then you know, and then 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 understand that we have a problem, acknowledge the fact that we've got a problem, and then you know, like, we're not gonna solve it all. Like, just just you know, overnight, but it's going to take a process of like of of, of of strengthening relationships and understanding you know what people are going through, um, and um, you know, and, and and really just kind of like I said, I mean, just being you know being a family. You know, I think that's one of the one of the blessings about being a part of athletics and being a part of a team is that you're faced with it every single day, you know, and so. You know, I was saying like before we start going out and trying to like impact, you know, Alabama, like the state of Alabama. Hey, man, like let's 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 clean up around our own kitchen. Let's let's take care of take yep. care of this first. Yeah. And then because if we don't do this, we don't take care of home. And we're out tweeting and we're out talking about all this other stuff. People say, well, well, <laughs> what about what you're doing you know, at home? Like. How is your campus or how is your community or or how how are how are things on your team? You don't even talk to you know talk to each other. And so we had to uh, we really have to do that and, and and we still do because COVID didn't make it easy. As a matter of fact, matter as a matter of fact, it harder. It, it made it harder for us. Hundred you know? percent, yeah. <clears throat> it made it harder for us because you know we got we don't see everybody's face. We see half of their face, um, but then we're we're we you know we're not spending time with each other like we used to. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that, that, that is, that's really kind of how, how, you know, we, um, that's how we've dealt with it, you know, or try to deal with it. Um, and, and I've used that kind of same approach, you know, at home as well, you know, uh, talking to, talking to our kids about it. Coach, I got a question for you. Um, and I know I'm sure you've seen a lot in your life, but, uh, do you think, you think we're at a point now where, um, this conversation is more accessible and it's more, I guess, comfortable to speak up about some of these issues that I think, you know, I mean, obviously like, you know, black people have been saying this for years, Yeah, yeah. but very rarely because, because very rarely because, you know, a white male can't necessarily always empathize to the level that they need to, that conversation has been more difficult to have. Do you think it's more accessible now? Um, I think so. I think because, because of the platforms that we have, 
you know, um, I think because, because, you know, you don't have to be, <clears throat> you don't have to be a, uh, a celebrity in order to be able to speak on, you know, these types of things. I mean, like, yeah, it helps, you know, that we turn on the TV and we got games and we have, you know, matches and we got commercials and all those things. But when we, when we talk about like even the impact that our own sport has, you know, yeah. like the most, one of the, mo the most diverse sports in athletics, yep. you know, you talk, I mean, you talk from, from race to religion, to, you know, ethnicity to like, you know, all those types of things, body types. I mean, you know, everything. I mean, we represent that. And so, and, 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 and so when we can, when we can use that platform and we can impact all these this diverse uh, uh, group of athletes, young, young, you know, young leaders, um, you know, I think we, we're on to something. We've got an opportunity to really, really change, change the world. Um, and, and that goes for everybody, you know, and also I think a sensitivity um, because the conversation is happening now, you know, I mean, this, even right now on this platform, you know, like yep. this was 2019, man, we wouldn't be talking about this, you know, or 2018. Um, we, we just wouldn't be, we wouldn't be talking about it. And so um, I think it's definitely a little bit more palatable um, to have this conversation. Um, but, um, but, you know, we've got to continue to have those. We've got to continue to have, have these conversations. <clears throat> we've got to continue to, uh, to be, to be sensitive about it. You know, I think about, I think part of, you know, frustration, you guys here too. I mean, when people say, you know, black lives matter. And the first thing that people say, we're like, you know, all lives matter. Like we didn't say all lives didn't matter. We just said black lives do matter, you know? Um, and, you know, I mean, uh, and so, and so, you know, like not getting out, caught up on all of that, you know what I mean? Like we didn't say anything about all lives didn't matter. We said black lives do matter. Um, yeah. So let's address that. You know what I mean? Let's talk about talk about why we're having a conversation about it. Why are we emphasizing, you know, black lives uh, as opposed to all lives? Of course, all lives matter, but talk about black lives. Yeah, I mean, I think you've hit the nail on the head with a lot of uh, things that we're talking about nowadays. And I think in track and field, we're very, very lucky. We get to actually you know, we deal with this on a daily basis and it hasn't been something that we dealt with from 2018 to 2019 and 2019 to 2020. We dealt with this the minute you started coaching in this. Mm -hmm. I mean, Absolutely. if I'm not mistaken, almost 40% of my team is black. If you add in the international athletes, we almost come to 50% of my team is either black or international athletes. So that's a whole different demographics on both yeah, sides to deal with and they have to deal with us too. Absolutely. So yeah, so it's something you've got to be aware of no matter what you do. Um, and I want to dive into that even more, but um, let's, if we can, I apologize to do this, and maybe sometimes I don't. One of the best, uh, one of the fun questions we actually ask people, um, I think we do, I want to take this a little lighten the mood a little bit, if that's okay with us. Sure, sure, man. <laughs> um, you mentioned something a little bit earlier. Actually, the funny thing is, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you can watch the faces of all of us, <laughs> like we were zoned in we were rocking and rolling we were learning and everything else and we appreciate it and we all 100% agree with coach Cox is saying um, but you mentioned something earlier track and field moving forward yes okay. questions we ask we've asked almost every single person that's been on here okay and uh, we'll see how see if coach Herb, uh, if his 
someone comes up with it or not here. You don't even know it unless you've listened to it. How would you change track and field? It doesn't matter if you're the D3 level or not. D3, yeah. D1, we all agree, especially in this podcast, many of the listeners agree that we are a sport that is trouble because we can because we cannot talk about it. Uh, you know, we don't go to track meet and say, guess what? Uh, SLU beat uh, UTRGV. We don't. <laughs> we don't. Uh, we don't go. UAB just went up and beat VCU. I uh, know. Yeah. Oh, hey, we need some PRs. You know, coach just had two national qualifiers. Like, well, how do you change the sport moving forward? Yeah. Gosh. That's uh. It seems <laughs> That seems to be a very, very popular question, man. Um, gosh, um, I was. We we definitely have to we have to um, we have to stay relevant. I would I would say that first and foremost. We have got to find a way to to uh, to be relevant or continue to be relevant. <clears throat> um, you know, I mean, every sport, um, you know, every sport, you know, can can tell whether or not they. They won, they lost, um, you know, and, and I, I'll just say, you know, I have not, I wasn't, I wasn't raised in the, uh, coming up in track and field, man, with the, like, with like dual, like dual meets, for instance, you know, I mean, that's just something that I just didn't do. Um, not because I, I don't know. I never asked my, our coaches, like, you know, is that important? Is it not important? Yeah. Um, but, um, but I, you know, I think that, that, that we have to, we have to think outside the box, man. Like, you know, yes, our sport, our sport needs a revamp. Um, I don't know if, you know, just having dual meets will be, will be, you know, will be the, the, the fix to that. Um, I do know that there is a, a number of, of coaches and, and, uh, and regions that, that are excited about, you know, the opportunities to do more of that. Um, and if that helps the sport, you know, that gives us, you know, a shot, um, you know, in a positive way, um, you know, and I say we, you know, we try, but, um, but we've got to find a way to make, um, you know, to, to make our, our sport fun. Um, and I, you know, I don't mean just going through the motions, I mean, but make it to that, to that, that followers, that fans, man, like they enjoy coming to a meet and, um, and not there all day and then feel like, man, like what happened? Who won? Um, you know, and, and was it, uh, was it, was it successful? Was it a successful meet? So I think about, man, that's a, that is a, uh, wow. That's a, that's a million, million, million dollar question right there, man. <laughs> well, I'm going to piggyback off of that yeah. a little bit and kind yeah, of ask you about your, about your role in, uh, for USTF CCCA yes, as sir. vice president. Um, you know, maybe could you give me kind of a, a SWOT analysis, you know, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats that you might see at the Division three level? Um, man, uh, I would say, you know, the, the strength for us um, is definitely, <clears throat> I would say, you know, we've, we've have, uh, we got one of the largest number of student athletes um, that are Division three, And so the opportunity, um, opportunity for us, to, um, to, you know, expose athletes to the sport. Um, you know, a number of athletes that are not, that, that are, that are also, um, you know, excited about, about, excited about growing in the sport as well. You know, um, um, you know, we've got some amazing facilities that definitely help. Um, and, uh, there's definitely not a shortage of facilities. <clears throat> it's just a matter of, of being creative. And so I think, 
you know, from a strength standpoint, you know, we have the numbers, um, we have the opportunity. So it's not like we got to go out and, and now get people interested in the sport. Uh, so we've got that going for us. Um, so I believe that's, that's a strength that we have. And, and, um, and, um, yeah, so I, mean, I would say that, um, I think, um, you know, a weakness really for us, um, I would say would be, um, I say weakness, but I mean, I would say one area that we, we could definitely, uh, continue to strengthen, I think is, is, um, is really like not just looking at our sport, um, not, not looking at our sport from the perspective of of the divisions um, as it is just looking at it from the from the opportunity like just track and field in general yeah. um, it's one of the things that we do you know I, I mean yes we are, we, re- we realize that we are in division three um, but you know I haven't been to a, a lot of different regions for like regular regular track meets but I will say that we do a we do a really good job here in the southeast um, of, 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 of of being able to compete at, at meets that are either division one or division two, you know, I mean, I, you know, and I think that's one of the joys that I, that I appreciate about it. So, <clears throat> but as a, but as a sport, I can't say that, that my counterparts in other areas throughout the country, um, if they can't get into a division three meet, you know, then they may not, they may not be competing for a couple of weeks, you know, mm-hmm. and I think we, we can't do that as a sport. We gotta find ways, man. We, we gotta find ways to to, to do that. Um, and, and and with technology, I mean, you know, you have a, maybe you only allow a certain number of, of athletes in the meets. But you know, if you know that you're only sport or only only school within a three hour or four hour radius, and otherwise these these uh, these athletes can't compete, like, we well, just let them in. You know what I mean? Like, uh, well, and that's kind of the beauty of track and field is like, you know, the numbers don't lie. You know, yeah. when I was growing up, there was a guy that went to University of Wisconsin lacrosse, Andrew Rock. Yeah, who, yeah. You know, I think he made the Olympic team. Rock. You know, it doesn't He's, matter what division you are. Exactly. You know, numbers don't lie. If the opportunities are there, you have yeah. opportunities. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and so go along with this, so like opportunities. You know, I mean, you know, we, we're, we're advancing the sport. Um and, uh, and and so you know, letting some athletes in or giving op- athletes exposure um, is only going to help. It's going to help. You know, um, it's going to you know it's going to help, uh, help, help help our brand. It's going to help our sport. You know, um, I mean Matt knows this man. Like we host a meet um, every year. We host an icebreaker. We are yep. we have twenty five at least twenty five teams that are there. We are usually one of like two Division three schools that are there. You know, like. It ain't a, it's not about that. It's about affording opportunity. And the years where we have had, we've been like, man, we're not sure if we can host a meet. Man, like these coaches come together. Yeah, they want to come. They want to compete, but they're like, gosh, man, like, is there anything that we can do to like help you? Because you know, you do a great job, but but this is what we look forward to. Um, and uh, and it basically sounds like a you know, it's an annual annual event. You know, so that's those are opportunities that we have, but to to move everybody forward, you know what I'm saying? Because if someone goes, comes to our meet and they're going to compete and they have an opportunity to set their season up for, for big things. Hey man, like we all win. You know what I mean? Like we, we all like, Hey, let's keep, keep this thing going. Um, and, um, and so, yeah, but I think, and I would say the last thing really, I mean, the, you know, the threats, <clears throat> the threats really are going to be, man, like us just, um, 
us just being afraid, you know, as a sport. I think our, our ability, man, to 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 not be willing to grow, you know, um, so we so we do that, you know, um, we're going to be in a world of hurt, you know, because we just talked about you guys mentioned, man, like, you know, basketball and football, um, you know, when you link up, when you think about the impact, when you think about the impact that COVID has had on the NCAA, um, I think we some of us knew how much money, you know, was made from, from March Madness to the Final Four. But good God, like everybody knows now. <laughs> like you, you might have been an athletic and you knew. Now everybody knows. Like they're like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that. You know, let's let's find a way to have the find a way to have the final four, you know. Um, but but without that, I mean, where 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 are we, you know, as non non-revenue i mean but like you know i mean we we don't make nearly as much as as uh you know some of the other sports but i mean that's gonna be a threat man like if if, if we if we're unwilling to uh to grow then uh when i gotta ask you this this is kind of a follow-up i guess is do you think we missed an opportunity during that covid period when we were starved for sports to yeah. kind of go back to maybe one of the most basic sports and running where yeah, yeah, you're outside yeah. you're pretty distant Gosh, you missed man. that opportunity. I know, man. I know, I know. Um, but I, I just think that um, nobody wanted to be responsible for um, an outbreak. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, it, it was a. I think it was a. It was right. an opportunity for sure. Uh, but man, like it would have been a. That'd have been bad. <laughs> you know. <laughs> True. Um, that that would have been that would have been really 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 bad. Um, I don't know. Uh, whew. I'll tell you, it, it would have been a time to go back and that would have been the time to do all your dual meets. Yes, you would yeah, had yeah. you would have yeah. had small numbers, right? Yep. You could have distanced really easily. And you know, it, it, the, you know, hindsight being 2020. Yeah. You know, as cross country coach, no pun intended, been, right? Yeah, we we should have, we should <laughs> have, we should have insisted to have a cross country season in a dual oh, meet yeah, yeah. Match because it would have been so easy to do in the fall. I mean, obviously you had some conferences that, that did you know, cross country this last fall, but we were starving. The whole country was starving for sports. I know we had it right there. We, we did. We, we missed an opportunity there. We did. <sighs> and, and, and there was a way to do it. I, I think. And, and again, we just didn't know because coach, no. you're hundred percent right. Nobody wanted to have that on their shoulders of, mm-hmm. of an outbreak, but right. you start to see like, man, you put these football teams together on a field and they're not having it. You're telling me we couldn't put two or three cross country teams on a cross country course to have a meet? Right. I mean, uh, yeah, we probably could have. Yeah, but you live and you learn. Yeah, man, you live right and you learn. It. Yeah, and the amazing thing was, I mean, and you guys say like nobody wanted to. We we did. We wanted to. I wanted an opportunity for the kids, no questions. Mm-hmm. And we did it in the most, in the best way we could. You know, three races of essentially of ten teams apiece. Uh, the amount of numbers we had and the, and the testing we did. I don't think it's the fact that anybody didn't want to. It's a fact if you look at the amount of work that you know myself and our administration and our staff had to do. I mean, by the time we were done with our cross country meet itself, <laughs> we had and just get this: we had the ACC, the SEC, Conference USA, UAB, and the Sun Belt forms you had to fill out. Okay, that's five forms times eight teams that our administration had to collect. Wow. Math, but I know that's a hell of a lot of forms. Yes, yes. And who wants to sit down with 300 forms they have to keep track of to be able to do that kind of stuff? 
let alone our 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 uh, um, people who did the who helped us out with the not not the, not even the testing our athletic trainers, but our uh, sports management staff uh, director of events that sat down and you know they gave us we had one porta john for each for each team, two porta johns for each team. Okay, that's thirty five. That was uh, again, we had 58 teams. So that's I mean, do the math on how many, how much money we spent on shitters. It was, it was absolutely hilarious. And we put stuff in there. We met, but again, what was the best way to do it? Probably what track and field hope I'd say probably. And then hopefully in the same sentence, and I apologize for that. Cause I know it's not grammatically correct. Hopefully the teams that are hosting meets this year in track and field with five teams or 10 teams, are going to sit there and go, hey, guess what? This is an opportunity, an opportunity to score the meat, to promote the meat, to promote the sport, because mm-hmm. it's a small, quick product. We just did our stuff uh, for um, our home invitational on January 15th and 16th. It has gone from a 12-hour production to a yeah. half-hour production. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want to make sure kids are in. I think all of us. Yeah. I, I think all of us should insist. I think all of us as coaches should insist that the meets are scored. Yeah. Why not? I mean, really, we have an opportunity. I mean, yeah. whoever's listening out there, like, <laughs> score your <know>. meets. Score <laughs> the meets. Mike, let's go. I'm just waiting for the Big Ten. I, I want to see what the Big Ten does this, this Well, this I think we have to. And, I, you know, not to get into, a, into the weeds on the, on the rules, but uh, uh, yep. the way I understand it, if you're less than five teams or five teams or less, um, the rules say you have to score it. And so all we've got a big 10 schedule that has three, four teams per weekend. We're going to different places. Um, and they really came together pretty well from how I understand it to kind of suck it up and get to the places we need to get to. But that's what you're going to see from us. You're going to see, you know, four or five team meets that are unfortunately for the other schools, just going to be big 10 meets. So that's the way they decided to do it. Um, uh, we've been pretty strict, but they're going to be scored meets and they're going to be, it should be a lot of fun. You know what I mean? Like it's, going to show up with a couple people and when the losing is going to matter and you know we're going to have some results and i think it'll be a really good time so we're looking forward to it i think it's great and you know i'll just go back to what i said last week though you know and scott and i kind of got in a little pissing match about it you know (laughs) that and 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 i think it's really important that we do this but the meets actually do have to matter and yeah 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 you can't you know, because I, you know, and I'll go back to what I said last week, that LSU Alabama game this last weekend, Texas A&M was watching that thing closely because if Alabama loses, it means something to Texas A&M, mm-hmm. right? And, and in my example last week in the USC UCLA dual meet, whoever wins that, it's great. It means a lot to those kids. It means a lot to those alums, the coaches, everybody that's around that meet, but it doesn't really have an impact on the season. I mean, it, it, Maybe if some kids run really fast or jump far or throw far, they could maybe do something in, in the qual, you know, on the descending order list for the for the Western prelims or whatnot. But it, the the winner of the meet doesn't impact the rest of the season. And, and so until we get to that point where if you win a meet and it has a direct consequence, not only for for you yourself that team, but it can also have implications to other teams. That's ultimately, I think, the goal that yeah. that we we need to be trying to get to. But we have to we have to start somewhere with a track and field meet. It doesn't matter what. Well, yeah, it's just got to be scored. We got to start. Let's just start scoring meets. <laughs> <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> let's start there and then move to you know the the implica- the implica- you know what it means you know for everybody else later. Well, I think yeah. beyond just scoring meets, I think we also have to figure out ways to stream them. You know, I look at 
stuff like Twitch, which is, you know, video games and whatnot, and the explosion that that had uh, as far as like the user base. And we put all our stuff behind paywalls. So we got to figure out ways to give away what we have for a cheaper product or, you know, as a cheaper. As, as I would say, as long as it's an entertaining package, like if it's an eight hour, 10 hour ordeal stream. Screw it. Yeah. I think, I think you got to package it. Correct. You know, I, I agree. And, and, but, but I also, you know, I don't get so hell bent on, on the paywall, you know, the pay, the pay piece of it, because you know what, if you want to watch something, you end up having to pay, we all pay a cable bill. Right. I mean, to some degree, or you pay for ESPN plus or you pay for something. But usually when you pay for something like that, it's a really high quality product. And again, I think right now with some of the way track meets, they go behind paywalls. The production of that isn't worth what you're paying for. I think that I don't know, Tom, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that's my issue right now with the paywall. I have zero problem paying the $5.99 or whatever it is for ESPN Plus because I know I'm getting an ESPN product, right? You know, that's professionally done and, and is, is, is pretty good. You know, relative. says the guy that will watch the Tour de France for hours. <laughs> <laughs> I think, okay, I yeah, think the biggest that's issue fair. It's fair. I think the biggest issue running into is this is the price. At, and I'm sorry, I'm going to throw him under the bus here for a second, but, $5.99, we play ESPN Plus. Okay, guess what? But you're going to watch that on a couple times a week basis, probably maybe three times a week, and then all of a sudden you run from one game to the other. And then the monthly, you're going to watch that a decent amount, okay? But not when you turn around, when you have, and I'm again, I'm throwing here because it's the biggest thing, a flow track where the price is astronomical and you do not watch them 12 months out of the year. You three months out of the year and really you're looking at it at one or two of the events going those are the two events i wanted to see that's the small things i wanted to see i'm not going to turn into the Peyton Jordan well, round afterwards and finish and go like oh peyton jordan's on now usc versus ucla's on afterwards you watch a couple things boom you're done like that price is way too high it's too high for yes it's, it's too high for for the amount of what in what the the industry would call inventory their inventory yes. is really 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 low Whereas ESPN's inventory is really, really high. Really? And, but the thing is, there is a lot of meats out there, right? I mean, if you did, you know, again, for anybody that's gone to a Big Ten meet, I mean, oh, yep. you're signing off on all these big – because the Big Ten network owns the rights to all this stuff. You know, Tom and, and Mike, you guys know this. You know, you're signing off all, on all these contracts if you do a contract with the school. I mean, you're signing off on all this because they own the rights to it. I mean, if, they, if the Big Ten network wanted to, they could put on – a ton of track meets, you know, just because they have the, you know, I mean, they have the capability, they have the inventory to actually do it. There's, there's plenty of inventory in, in college. I mean, I, I don't want to go off on the big 10 and network because they do pay our bills and everything. <laughs> but you know, this is, we show up to big 10 championship meets and it, when, when Tom, when we were at Illinois, you know, day one on the warm up day, they're setting up their scaffolding and doing their pre production and they're doing interviews and things like that. And I could tell you in the last at least three or four years, maybe more, the Big Ten rep shows up and says, you know, we're going we're gonna to get some footage on the finals day, but that's it. <laughs> yeah, we're not even sending anybody out to day one or day two. <laughs> yep. You know what I mean? Like, there's not even anybody there. So it's, it's actually gotten a lot worse. And, and, and the Big Ten, I think, is the only 
conference meet that well one of the few at least major ones um that doesn't get streamed you know so i don't know that's that's a whole different podcast Uh, i think it'll be interesting to see what uh fetzer and those guys do over there oh just wait the uh, track league with you know like it'll be interesting maybe that will blaze a trail for what what can be uh what can be done i hope so there's no questions about that i hope so uh I think we could, um, and I don't mean to cut this off because, gentlemen, I think we could we could probably roll on this for another hour. I think Coach Cox has some thoughts on it too. Um, we could probably roll on uh, ESPN Flow Track, everything between the American Track League, and just keep going for another hour. Um, but we we don't want to do that to everybody. Um, Coach, uh, it, wow! I mean, that was an incredible conversation. That was a conversation bringing in here that way. A lot of things were opened up. There's no questions that Birmingham Southern. Uh, uh, Miss Kendall needs to be uh, just, you know, hopefully she's very thankful to have you a part of the state. But <laughs> I know she ways, is. <laughs> it definitely goes both ways. I appreciate yeah. you guys, man. Yeah, we appreciate you. As you said, we've all seen each other at meets. We were to meet at the convention. We've all talked to each other before. So thank you very much for joining us. Um, it is an absolutely incredible honor to have you here. Gentlemen, it is incredible to have you guys here as well. Thank you for joining us tonight. And ladies and gentlemen, it's great to have you as well. Thank you for making us one of the top-ranking podcasts in the country. There's no questions about it. Word of mouth has made us uh, one of the top-ranking podcasts in, in the country, and we want to sit down and make sure that uh, if you find value in this conversation and what we were talking about, we covered a lot tonight. No questions about that. We went uh, left to right, back to left, back to right, center, and then way to the far right. Who knows which way we went with this one tonight. But it was an incredible conversation, something that I think, uh, as Coach Flowers said earlier, uh, a lot of young coaches need to be able to take take into consideration, listen to, learn from, and, and go from there. And I think we can all learn from this. So if you found value in the conversation, please go ahead, um, you know, like us, retweet us, uh, send us an send us an email, whatever the case might be, just something to help us uh, use the word of mouth to help publicize what we do. It is the best form of advertisement that it is, best a great form of flattery as well. So uh, until next week, and we sit down and try and do again, or excuse me, try and do better again next week. Uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, everybody. You know you got to find a way to let it go. So